we're going to talk about what it means to really start from zero, what it means to you know, start being healthy without like really any framework, to just give you like an idea of like where to totally begin from the ground up. If I know nothing about faith and wellness together, like how do I begin the process of getting healthy? We're going to talk about that. What's up, everybody? My name's Eddie. This is Ex Nihilo Podcast. You know, one of the reasons I started uh, this channel and I started beginning this journey on sort of this biblical wellness, biblical health, biblical diet um, style of thinking for a website and for like a way of life really has a lot to do with like an, a gap I saw. I feel like there was a bridge that needed to be built in society and it has a lot to do with this idea of dualism. Now, if you know what dualism is, dualism is this concept in culture where the physical world is the physical world and the spiritual world is the spiritual world, that they're completely sort of separate in a lot of ways. And there's some roots in Gnosticism and, you know, I'm going to do that on another podcast, but essentially it's for us practically, for Christians, those of you that are Christians, Christians sort of have this concept that the, the soul is the soul and that is to be dedicated to Jesus. That's supposed to be dedicated to worshiping God. That's to dedicated to, to um, worshiping God with your time, talent, and your treasure. This is dedicated to praying and meditation and all these different things. And the body is really just some sort of lifeless, it's just a vessel. It's a vessel to get you to the spiritual world eventually. And I think that's just a real massive misnomer. And what I get on social media when I oftentimes talk about this concept of biblical wellness, biblical health, is what I'll get is people responding with some really great verses like Matthew 10. People will talk about, you know, don't fear what can kill the body but can't kill the soul. And and, and I agree. I think that's a great verse. The only issue with Matthew 10 in that passage is that's about persecution. That's about not fearing people that are going to persecute you for sharing the good news of Jesus, for being a Christian, et cetera, et cetera. It has nothing to do with eating Oreos and eating a bunch of Pop-Tarts and eating a bowl of Crunch Berries when you wake up and having pie and candy and pizza and thinking that's totally fine. And so using a verse around persecution to justify eating horribly is really misguided. And it really is like, it's it's proof texting. Um, it's plucking verses out of context in order to try to prove a point. And it's unsophisticated hermeneutics. It's unsophisticated theology. Um, it's also not it's also just wrong in and of itself. Matthew 10, I agree with the principle. We should openly preach and proclaim the gospel, even against those that you know maybe harm us, whether that's physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever. I agree with that. <clears throat> what we shouldn't do is just all of a sudden eat whatever we want because who cares about the body because God only cares about your soul. He doesn't care about their body. It's important to point out that most people think that there is not much of a connection between physical bodies and spirituality, like in our faith. And that idea is just profoundly misguided, as I'm explaining. And it causes so many of our current problems, especially in the church. Like I've talked about before, the church is so far behind in regards to its physical health. We care so much about meditation, about marriage, about uh, caring for one another, bearing one another's burdens, caring for the poor, the widows, the orphans, etc. But we very rarely care at all about the physical body. Making the case that God is not concerned with your physical body is is crazy, just even at face value. I'm not willing to say there is some, anything that God doesn't care about. Now, are you going to say 
is God going to say, oh, you need to steward your body over going and getting beheaded, let's say, overseas or becoming a martyr? Or No. You know, the number one thing that a Christian should care about is doing the will of God wherever it takes them. And that may cost you your life. And that That's a price that uh, many of us, if we're honest, are willing to pay for the faith. Absolutely. But in the meantime, if that's not what we're called to, we should be, in fact, stewarding all of the resources God has given us. That includes our time, our talent, our treasure, but it also includes the physical bodies that we're given. If we're supposed to be stewarding our time and our money, we talk about at our church giving as a means of worship. We give back to God what he has given to us. If we talk about giving money as it relates to worship, we should be talking about stewarding our physical bodies. So that that's first and foremost. I'd leave. I'd let C.S. Lewis say it to you like this. If you're sort of on that side of things, C.S. Lewis said, "There is no there is no good in trying to be more spiritual than God. God never meant man to be a purely spiritual creature. He likes matter. He invented it. And I would tend to agree. God creates all things. He creates our bodies, and I'll talk about it in a future podcast. But Jesus eventually comes back in a physical body from the dead and ascends into heaven with a physical body. It's a whole other concept. It's this idea that the the fear, the spiritual and the physical merge in the kingdom of God, and that's very true. And we are uh, phys- physical and spiritual beings today. Now, if that doesn't get you, I would just say at face value, like practically speaking, your physical body and your spiritual body are totally connected. And as we're going to get into today, we're going to talk about what it means to really start from zero, what it means to start being healthy without like really any framework, to just give you like an idea of like where to totally begin from the ground up. If I know nothing about faith and wellness together, like how do I begin the process of getting healthy? We're going to talk about that. But in order to grasp that, you really have to understand that the physical and spiritual totally affect one another. I, if you're not in that camp again, I'd leave it to another theologian, another pastor, a man named Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Now, he's a well-respected theologian and preacher, but Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a Welsh Protestant pastor in Britain some years ago, but he was also a medical doctor. So talk about that combination. And he had this unique combination and unique perspective that gave uh, him some different insight uh, on our bodily ties to the spirit. And so through Martin Lloyd-Jones, we're actually able to see that he thinks there is a connection between the two. And so I want to read you some of what he says in this area. He says this, does someone hold the view that as long as you are a Christian, it does not matter what condition of your body is? Well, you will soon be disillusioned if you believe that. There are some in whose cases it is clear to me that the cause of their depression is mainly physical. On the other hand, people who are are more physically weak are more prone to attacks of spiritual discouragement and depression. If you recognize that the physical may be partly responsible for the spiritual condition and make allowances for this, you'll be better able to deal with the spiritual issues. So, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, medical doctor, not a not a PhD or demon or something like that. Um, he asserts that the physical and spiritual nature of man are essentially inextricably tied together. Okay. He also says that 
you know, he's seen several examples of people who have spiritual problems that are caused by their physical bodies and vice versa. And so if you and I have, a, let's say, a physical issue, a physical ailment, it's p- possible that there are spiritual forces causing a phys- also causing or at least contributing to a, a, um, a condition that you're experiencing and vice versa. He gave the example of depression. You know, sometimes people feel like they're depressed or anxious or stressed out. And it may be a disconnection from God. It may be a spiritual issue, but there are there are literal legitimate studies now that we're finding that there are foods uh, and drink that we consume that are causing our brains to misfunction or hormones to misfunction and are causing some of these issues. So it's possible that diet and wellness principles might actually be the root cause of your spiritual funk. Huh. Isn't that fascinating? that it's possible that your physical and spiritual problems could be intertwined. It may be the solution to a lot of people when they go to the hospital, they're not able to get a solution to their physical problems. It may be a, a, a cause when uh, someone goes to a pastor or a counselor, a biblical counselor, and they're having spiritual issues they can't overcome. It may actually be a physical problem causing it and vice versa. The division the division, I should say, of the spirit and body is primarily really a modern Western idea, and it's not a biblical one. The Far East is far more integrated than us even today, but like going certainly going back um, to the Bible days, the Bible is a messianic, or this Christianity rather, is a messianic Jewish religion. It did not begin in Europe. It did not begin in Ohio or, you know, Mesa, Arizona, or, you know, whatever, whatever place in Texas, right? Like it didn't begin in the Bible Belt. This is a uh, Messianic Jewish religion that began began in the Middle East. Um, and so it, I think it has a more fuller vision and picture and understanding of the physical and spiritual world being connected. The division of the body and the spirit, again, is not, uh, is not a, uh, an Eastern principle. It is a Western one, and it's definitely more of an American one than anything else. Christians will analyze everything spiritually. What does God say about watching TV? This was should I watch the Game of Thrones or something? Should I watch, um, you know, X new reality TV show? Should I watch Selling Sunset or uh, Modern Family or The Office or whatever these shows are? People are always asking, like, what do we do? Should I watch TV? Should I go to this restaurant? Should I go to this bar? Um, uh, what should I do? Should I profits and watches? Should pastors have pa- watches? Uh, preachers and sneakers? Should Christians have expensive sneakers? We 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 over spiritualize everything, and some of that's for great reason, but we almost never, almost never, as a as a as a religion, especially in the West, we never address eating and drinking and wellness from a spiritual perspective. Almost never. We. We almost always, from a spiritual perspective, decide we're going to take the lead in that area, whether it's television, whether it's podcasting, social media, whatever it is. We want to take the lane, except when it comes to eating and drinking, we are totally willing to let culture take the lead and tell us exactly how we should eat and drink because we saw an Applebee's commercial. It's time for a blooming onion or bottomless wings or whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, we're, it's, it's eat and drink all things in moderation. Right, as if that's a Bible verse, which, by the way, it's not in the Bible. All things in moderation is not a Bible verse, um, but we do like to to believe that that's something we can do. We can freely enjoy all things in Christ. Like, well, I can can I freely enjoy stepping onto the train tracks with the trains coming on uh, coming at me in Christ? Can I freely do that? Can I freely step in oncoming traffic because I'm free in Christ to do so? I suppose you can. You know, it's like my grandfather used to say: you can drive a car with your feet if you want to. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. 
Um, you can freely do a lot of things. I mean, we talk about applying wisdom liter- wisdom principles from wisdom literature, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs. Yeah, you could hold scoop hot coals onto your lap if you if you want because you're free in Christ to do it, as Proverbs says. But that doesn't mean you're not going to burn yourself. Uh, it could really be stupid. So we overthink everything spiritually, but almost never address eating and drinking and wellness from a spiritual perspective. The problem is, is that we're integrated beings. The problem is, is that Christians or just all people in general are made in the image and likeness of God. That means our physical bodies, we bear God's image. We bear God's image in our spirit. We bear God's image in our demeanor and in totality. And one sort of element of scripture really does talk about this. And we, we, we see this balance between the physical body and the spiritual body in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, Paul talks about this. You know, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit with, uh, within you whom you have from God? Now, in this passage, people always, but he's talking about sexual sin. Yes, Paul is talking about sexual sin in this passage. He's talking about how sins that are committed within the body are worse than ones outside of the body. That same principle still applies. We want to try to apply American elements of freedom to our physical bodies as if we get to stay American in our physical bodies, but then our spiritual bodies, we sort of spiritual bodies, quote unquote, those go to God. The rest of that verse says, you're not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So whether it's sexual sin or whether it's something else, taking care of your body means that it is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I mean, do you remember some of the Old Testament passages? Do you remember Bezalel being filled with the Holy Spirit to craft the tabernacle, the, the people uh, to craft the temple, these, these wonderful, beautiful elements that people were filled in and given the ability to, to build together? They were so perfectly and elegantly crafted with types of wood, beautiful types of wood, um, silver and gold, all this stuff. How much more is your body a temple of the spirit. That was God's physical dwelling place. Now the believer is the as the, the spirit's dwelling place. So you're a physical temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you should carefully steward your body, whether it's a sexual sin, whether it's food, sin of something like gluttony or alcoholism, all of those things apply. So not carefully and even elements of exercise, not moving your physical body at all. Um, Now, is that to say you need to go to the gym and get six-pack abs? Absolutely not. We know vanity is a problem, but Christians love nice, clear bifurcations. We love to say, oh, well, because vanity is possible, therefore I shouldn't care about going to the gym. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. As if longevity and stewardship play no role. Okay, of course it's an issue. Just because there is a bad, there's a potential bad consequence of a good principle doesn't mean we should avoid the good principle altogether. You can, there's bad outcomes of going to church. You can become a legalist. You can become a Pharisee. You can become someone who's judgmental and hates other people. Jesus actually was killed by many of those people, Christian leader or Jewish leaders rather. Um, that doesn't mean that we should ignore uh, the, the um, call to gather together as the body of Christ. That doesn't mean we should do that. So you got to be careful. And even just practically speaking, there were dietary laws in the Old Testament, right? We talk about some of the, in the Pentateuch, there were dietary laws that were meant to set Israel apart from among the nations, to designate them. And it's funny, just in a principle, it's funny how our diets look awfully similar to those people around us. It's interesting. Why? So you've got to consider all those things. So 
That being said, if you can grasp this big idea that the physical and the spiritual are not separate, that they are connected, then you have a really good uh, motivation to begin the process of searching out good health and wellness. Like we've talked about this in another video in episode one. Um, we talked about some of the reasons why a Christian should care and why some reasons why they don't care about good health. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. But for now, let's assume that you want good health and not just to look ripped or something like that, but that you actually do want to live a longer life. You do want to steward your body. You do want to be around for the people that you love and you do want to be around to share the good news of Jesus for as long as possible. What are some just like basic bare bones starting from zero? How can you start being healthy with your diet and with your exercise? Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you, let's see, I'll give you five things just to get you started. Okay. Five big concepts. And let's start way high level. Okay. Let's start at the top. Let's start with vision. Vision's the first thing. Guys, if you don't know where you're going, how will you ever know if you get there? That's what's important when it comes to vision. You should have a vision for what you want your life to be like in all things. But when it comes to your health, you should also have that same, same principle. So your vision, what do you want your life to be like? How much do you want to weigh? Do you want to feel comfortable in your own skin? I know a lot of people, um, a lot of people start their health and wellness journey because they just feel uncomfortable in their own skin. Take a piece of paper and write out a vision. What do you want out of being of being healthy? You want to be around a long time. You want to steward your body well. You want to be long. You want to have longevity. Do you want to look good for your spouse? Do you want to have stamina to play with your kids or your grandkids? Those are great reasons. Do you want to feel better? Do you feel horrible? Are you not performing well at work or at home? Do you have brain fog all the time? You have constant acid reflux or stomach issues or brain issues? Do you have other chronic inflammation? Do you have metabolic issues? Do you have um, autoimmune conditions? Do you have all the, there's a number of reasons why someone might want to get healthy. Maybe you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Maybe you are. That's as good enough a reason as any. But in order to sustain yourself throughout a forward process of becoming a healthier version of yourself, it's very important that you keep the vision out in front of you to, to maintain your motivation. So grab a paper, get your phone out, get a notes app out and say, you know, what do I want to feel like? What do I, what do I want to do with the extra energy? What could I do with two or three hours of additional energy in the middle of the day? Um, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Do I want to be known as a person that is always unhealthy, that maybe preaches the good news of Jesus, but then when I'm talking to my friends about self-control and some of the fruits of the Spirit, they look at me like I don't have any self-control. You know, for me, my vision is I always wanted to be healthy for my kids. I always wanted that. I was on the other side of this growing up. Um, I had family in my life that were unhealthy, wildly unhealthy. They put themselves in bad situations with their poor diet, a lot of shame and guilt and unprocessed trauma around it, but none, nonetheless, lack of exercise, poor diet. And that ended up leaving me without a lot of close family in my life. A lot of them passed away or got very sick and eventually died, um, and they weren't in my life. I didn't want that for my kids. I've got four kids, they're amazing. I wanna be healthy for my kids. I want to be there for my, th I have three daughters. I want to be there for each of my daughters. I want to walk each of them down the aisle. I'm going to dance with my son at his wedding. I'm going to have a great time. To me, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning to go to the gym. Yes, I did play in the NFL. 
it was a lot easier to be motivated to be in shape when I knew if I, I would get paid if I was in shape and played well and wouldn't get paid if I wasn't. <laughs> it, it makes it far easier. It's like when Brad Pitt, like, okay, Brad, we're going to give you $25 million if you're ripped with six-pack abs in this movie. It's pretty motivating, right, to be in great shape in that case, and I understand that. But now that I haven't been playing, it's been a long time at this point, I want to stay motivated. And one of my biggest motivations is my kids. I want to be there for my kids. For you men... And for you ladies, do you want to be there to walk your son, to walk your daughter down the aisle and to dance with your son at his wedding? Do you want to be there for them? Do you want to be there, be available to pick up the grandkids or the great grandkids? Do you want to be able to run some of the marathons and the, the, the Spartan races and the com- other competitions with your friends and family as you get older? Do you want to be able to help people move and throw stuff in the back of the truck? All these are really good, reasonable reasons to want to be healthy and they have nothing to do with vanity. For me, it's for my family. I also love to get stuff on the calendar. I'm super competitive because I played a lot of sports growing up. My wife was a volleyball player. She's competitive. We love to do races. We love to do Spartan races, anything we can get our hands on. And so we want to be in shape for that as well. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to be there for? Who do you want to be there for and why? That's your vision. The second thing, motivation. Let's talk motivation. A vision is great, but it doesn't necessarily motivate you and sustain you throughout. It gets you fired up initially. I feel like if you're still listening to this, you might be fired up enough to get going. That's great. But motivation, as you continue, is not gonna strike you like lightning. You're gonna need to get up and create sort of momentum by stacking good behavior and uh, eating well, exercising well, stacking that on top of one another over and over and over and over again. People think when they just when they set a goal that motivation is just going to strike them like lightning and they're just all of a sudden going to get going and they're going to enjoy their life and here we go. It just doesn't work like that. Anyone who has reached a goal, if you've played a professional sport, if you even just hit a sales number at work, if you've created a software, doesn't matter what you've done, if you've raised amazing kids, you are never going to wake up every day and be motivated every day. You can even ask movie stars, musicians, athletes, they don't wake up every day feeling motivated to do what they do, but they get up and they put one foot in front of the other and they make things happen. Motivation will not strike you like lightning. So here's a principle for you in motivation. Think momentum and motivation will come. Think momentum and motivation will come. You have to stack good day on good day on good day. And all of a sudden you're going to get a snowball effect of really quality days of eating healthy and exercising. And then all of a sudden one day comes into three days and three days turns into a week and a week turns into a month and a month turns into six months. And you start to see results in the mirror, on the scale, and in your performance. And now all of a sudden, what felt like an insurmountable task um, is now starting to gain momentum. And it's like this big snowball rolling down the hill. And now motivation comes much easier because you're seeing results. So you've got to think momentum over motivation, which means you need good habits. Stacking good habits together over and over again through and you know you multiply habit good habits times time and all of a sudden you've got momentum which turns into motivation okay so vision motivation here's your third thing that can help you sort of starting from zero what you can do set a time period with a finite end date when you when you start about di- when you think about dieting and exercise don't say i'm going to do this in perpetuity now 
ultimately that's the goal, right? But it's sort of like this secondary goal. First, let's give yourself a finite end date. So think 60 days, 90 days. These are two good, really solid numbers. Or maybe there's a date on the calendar that's going to help motivate you. So maybe like a wedding that's coming up, right? You want to squeeze into your suit. You want to squeeze into your dress, whatever it is. You want to slim down or you want to buy something a little smaller. It's a really easy way to do it. Maybe it's a graduation. It, it could be anything. It could be a summer vacation, right, where there's some accountability there in regards to how you're feeling and looking. Setting a finite end date will help you stay motivated through that period of time. And then once you reach and cross that threshold, set another one. So for me, one of the things we, uh, me and my wife like to do and my friends like to do is we like to do Spartan races. And Spartan races are kind of corny, but they're kind of fun, right? And they, you have a good time doing them. But I like to do them because it's a date. You get something on the calendar and you've got to train. There's going to be a, there's a measure of accountability. I bought the ticket. I have to show up. My friends and my, my family are coming. And so there's, there's going to come a time where everyone will know whether I, what I did and did not do, right? And it just it motivates me. That might not be for you, but there might be something else that might motivate you. Take something, 60, 90 days, maybe 120 days, a wedding, a summer vacation, a graduation, something like that, a party. Put it out on the calendar and say, I'm going to eat quality foods and I'm going to exercise regularly for this amount of time. And be content over the results. And it's totally okay if... You don't reach whatever goal you had, but set the goal to not be, I want to lose X amount of weight. That could be a great goal. You can have that as a secondary goal, but set the goal to say, I'm going to be consistent for that entire period of time. And at your end, if you do it and you say like, oh, I was, I tried to lose 15 pounds in, you know, in six months and I only lost 12 pounds. Or I only lost eight pounds, but reward yourself because you were consistent the whole time. Okay. Set a period of time with a finite end date. Fourth thing is consistency, and here it is. Consistency over content. Consistency over content. Now, with content, I'm not talking about social media or something like that or blog posts or videos, YouTube. I'm talking about the content of your diet. There's so much debate over what we're supposed to eat and drink, right? We talk about, like, is there a paleo diet or a keto diet or vegan, vegetarian, the Whole30 diet or uh, Atkins diet? There's all these different diets to choose from. Bulletproof diet, right? That's one of my personal favorites, by the way. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, especially when you're just starting. The truth is, you're probably eating a standard American diet right now. That's called, the, they call it, ironically, it's called the SAD diet, an acronym. Standard American diet. You're probably not eating all that well. Most Americans aren't. The standard American diet consists of 6 to 11 servings of grain, tons of sugar, lots of sugary drinks, maybe milk. And, and the weird part about the standard American diet is almost everyone you talk to, unless they just feel awful, no, feels like they're probably doing okay with their diet. But if anyone just audited any short amount of time of the things they eat, they would see that they're eating far worse than they thought. When I've taken coaching clients in the past, one of the things I do is I have people just sketch out for three days, track every single thing you eat before we could ever talk to you about what to eat, um, how to eat, how to exercise. I need to know for three days every single thing you eat, how much mayonnaise you put on your cheeseburger or your, your, uh, how much salad dressing you put on a salad, you know, how, much, how many sodas you're drinking, whatever it is. And, and you're going to be so surprised to see how much food you're actually consuming and the lowest and the low quality of the food. Then and only then will we be able to actually help you uh, get better at eating the things we want you to eat. 
it's not until like Jim Collins talks about this in his book, Good to Great, how good companies become great companies. And it's true for us too. If you want to move from good or okay or really poor in terms of your diet and exercise, you need to get, as Jim Collins says, get to the brass tacks on the reality of the organization or of your body and really feel like what is actually going on here. You track your food for a few days and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I'm eating terrible. I've eaten fast food three times in three days. I didn't thought I didn't think I ate fast food very much. I had two servings at dinner. I had a piece of pie. I had dessert three days. I ate a lot for breakfast, whatever it is. I have a lot of sugar in my coffee, <laughs> something. But when you track, all of a sudden, it's helpful. So the point is here, consistency, consistency over content. Regardless of the diet you choose, you're probably going to turn off the standard American diet and adopt something that has some structure or formula. So it might be a ketogenic diet. It might be a paleo diet. It might be um, a bulletproof diet. It might be a, even a vegan diet. All of those diets are going to have success for you initially because you are eating so poor now, generally speaking. And so what we're talking about, again, starting from zero, this is helpful for you because you need to know that no matter what you choose, you don't have to obsess over and get paralyzed by not knowing what to eat and not knowing which diet to choose because the truth is any of them you choose initially is going to give you a ton of success. Consistency over content. If you stay consistent in whatever you choose for that 60, 90, 120 days, you're going to see results automatically. Fifth principle from starting from zero and being healthy with diet and exercise let me scroll to it here in my notes, is to embrace the suck. This phrase comes from an old military friend of mine who's passed away, who I've interviewed on the Ex Nihilo pass, uh, a podcast in the past before, uh, several years ago. But embracing the suck is about understanding that anything like this is supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be hard. Um, when I was in the NFL, I remember doing my first training camp out in Washington, D.C., and Washington, D.C. in August is hot. Like, it's really hot. It's 100 degrees. It's not 120 like Arizona, but it's 100% humidity. So you're talking 100 and 100. And we practiced back then. They don't do this now because now they've gone all soft and everything, which uh, I wish I could have been a part of more, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, we practiced at 8 o'clock, and then we practiced at 1.30. So we had a three-hour practice from 8 to 11, and then we had another practice from 1.30 to 4.30 or 4. Second practice was a little shorter. Full pads. It's hot out there. And I remember coming into the meeting rooms after a night, one of my first days, and there were a couple of rookies sort of arguing up front about how hot it was and how miserable it was. And I remember one of the veteran players turning around and saying, hey, it's supposed to be hot. It's supposed to be hot. And his point is that training camp is supposed to be miserable because it's preparing you for the future, it's making you better. It's making you a better player. And that way, when you get in the game, all of a sudden, the games are easy because the training camp was difficult. It's sort of true, you know, while certainly eating a healthy diet and having and exercising regularly it is not like an NFL training camp. So don't be terrified. It's absolutely not. It's much, much, much easier than that. It's still going to be challenging, especially initially. So you have to embrace the suck. You have to know, okay, this is going to be hard. I'm going to put myself into it. And if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Everyone would be having success in this way because, and everyone would be walking around in perfect shape and there'd be no metabolic syndrome and there would be no metabolic issues. There'd be no chronic disease because everyone would be doing it because this would be much easier than it is. The reality is you have to get to the brass tacks of the organization, embrace the suck, right? We got ourselves into this mess. We're unhealthy. We're not feeling great. 
We have to get ourselves out, okay? We have to get ourselves out. Now, it's for you, if you come to this and you've hit these five points, I think it's important for you to realize that we've got to now spend some intentional time figuring out health and wellness. Spend some time thinking about how you can start thinking about what are the things that are causing me to stumble and not eat well. You know, every time I bring this up with someone, they sort of craft a straw man and sort of attack the straw man they create instead of changing. They'll say, listen, I'm not like those vain leaders. Like I'm watching, I'm seeing all these ripped people online and that's vanity. And so therefore I'm not like those vain people. And I've seen those pastors that are in shape. I've seen those uh, movie stars and that's vanity. And so therefore I'm not about looks that's sinful. And so as a result, they remain unchanged because they've created a straw man they could say they're avoiding. So that enables us to see the straw man as bad and thereby we sort of remove all of the actual conviction to change ourselves. So a couple of sort of like epilogue things for you as you sort of begin your journey towards physical health and wellness and you're starting from zero. First, if you are a Christian and you are a little bit afraid of vanity, don't convolute being ripped with being healthy. For one, just because someone is ripped, that doesn't mean they're healthy, okay? Just because someone is a bikini model, you might know, or a model in general, doesn't mean they're actually healthy. So let's start there. That's the first thing. But the point is, you don't have to have a six-pack abs or be a bikini bodybuilder or a bikini uh, Instagram model or something in order to in order to be healthy. You don't have to have that. That's, that's a false dichotomy. We talked about the motivations, stewardship. Um, being around, longevity, uh, being around for your family, uh, feeling better, performing better. These are all perfectly reasonable things. It doesn't have to be about what you look like. Now, the proof you'll still need. You still need to care. You don't want to have a six-pack body. You don't want to be vain. I get that, but you still are going to need to care. And the proof for change that you need is directly in front of you guys. Talked about this before, but again, 91% of all prescriptions filled in the United States is for chronic disease. 76% of physician visits are for chronic illness. 99% of Medicare dollars go to chronic illness, which is things like diabetes, heart attack, stroke, metabolic syndrome, like hypertension, these like uh, Alzheimer's, dementia. 83% of Medicaid dollars go to chronic illness. This is insane amounts. The spending on chronic illness, chronic disease worldwide will reach $47 trillion by 2030. This is outrageous. While we're all sort of, you know, the counter is, well, we're all living longer as a society, right? We're all living much longer. And yeah, it's true. We're living longer, but we're, we're arguably only doing that um, because of uh, medications that are main, keeping us breathing, but not living. And that's a big, big discrepancy. There's a difference between being alive and living your life. And medications are keeping us alive as we cling to chronic diseases, but all of that is a self-inflicted wound. And so what does it look like to um, maintain this and get to benefit from an extended life period while also feeling good while doing it? What might you be able to accomplish in that amount of time? Okay. So what do you do? Well, we talked about all these five things you can do, but a few principles. You are not a victim. When you decide to be a victim, it takes away your power to change. You, my friend, are in control of your health. Biden and Trump and the government and Pelosi and McConnell or whoever the heck else you think about in politics, they are not the ones causing your health issues. Your mom and your dad may have caused a lot of shame and guilt and frustration to you in your past, but they are not responsible for your health. Not if you're an adult, not anymore. You get to be in control. 
you can take charge of this. If you're a Christian, you are empowered with the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome any obstacle that you experience. You have that ability. Second thing, you need to come, become intentional with your physical health as you just as intentional with your physical health as you are with your spiritual health or with your job or your hobbies. You go to your you get up and you go to work every day. You get up if you have kids and you take care of your kids every day. When you want to do your hobby, you do it. When you go to church, you do it. When you decide to pray, you do it. You need to become just as intentional about your physical health, including exercise, as, as intentional with your uh, physical health as you are with all of those other areas. And then the last thing, third thing, take action. You need to consider leveraging the resources that are widely available all over the internet. It's not just this podcast. It's not just this YouTube channel or this, you know, whatever it is, I mean, this blog. There are all sorts of things. Yes, on the X and Halo YouTube channel, there are resources. There's uh, blogs that you can read, all these different things. Um, but you can get them anywhere. You don't like me? Fine. I don't care. I just want you to be healthy. Go find someone you do like, that you do respect. There are plenty of wonderful doctors with podcasts, wonderful um, uh, biohackers that are trying to take charge of their health that you can sort of latch onto. You might even find a, a local uh, a functional wellness doctor locally that can help you get on track if you need additional help beyond just basic advice, okay? Craft an intentional plan and find a place to call home, meaning you need to find a person, a, a tribe online that you can get behind, that you can find that accountability and learn from those resources. If that's X Nihilo, great. I would love that. If it's not, that's okay too, but there are options out there. I wanna give you one last resource. Anytime any of my friends who are pastors or leaders um, ask me, they say, Eddie, what do I, what do, I do uh, to get healthy? Like, how do I start? Well, now I've put together this podcast, so this would be the first place I'd send them. But I also always, almost always send them something called the Bulletproof Diet and Fasting Roadmap. And it's not about really about fasting as much as it is a graph, and I'll put it here on the screen for you, that um, has sort of a... Uh, a spectrum of foods and drinks, what to eat and what not to eat. And so what you're seeing here is on in the green, for those of you that are, are, are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see on the green is all of the, all of the things you're gonna want to eat and you can eat without fail. And then as you go down the light, it sort of merges to yellow and then eventually orange and then eventually red. Everything in red you should just absolutely avoid. So what I tell friends is eat as much as you can in the green, light green and light, light green. Eat a few things in the yellow, and eat nothing in the orange or red. Eat nothing or or very little, very, very little. That's what I would encourage you to do. I'm gonna put the link of the Bulletproof Diet and Fasting Roadmap into the show notes here in YouTube and uh, in Spotify. And that way you can have access to that. You can also just type in on into Google Bulletproof Diet fasting roadmap. It's by a guy named Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey's a biohacker. Um, he started bullet, He started this idea of bulletproof uh, coffee, which I absolutely love and drink most a, a lot of mornings, not not as much as I used to, but you know, at least once or twice a week I'll have a, a cup of bulletproof coffee. I would recommend you you check uh, that out. You probably have to type your email in to get that resource, but it's well worth it. Okay, it's absolutely well worth it. You can also go on the Ex Nihilo website and you can get the sort of quick start guide to health from me. 
uh, you throw your email and I'll send it to you and you have access to knowing sort of like where do I start, what are the things to eat, why should I be motivated, um, and we can get you started there, okay? The point is, this podcast doesn't exist for any reason other than for you to get motivated in order to finally begin the process of getting healthy. I want you to be around for your kids. I want you to be around for your grandkids. I want you um, to uncover what it means to live optimally, to feel good, to walk around and be confident in yourself, not just because you have abs, okay? Although if you get abs, great. Who doesn't want abs? That's awesome. You might get them, and you can if you want them, but I want you to feel good and experience what it might mean to flourish because your spirit and your physical body are not separate things. You are made in God's image and you are connected. And so this is an opportunity for you to pursue good health all around. All right, that's the end of this episode. Hey guys, if you did like this and you're on YouTube, will you just throw me a like and a subscribe? That means a ton for putting out this stuff for free. You can also uh, subscribe to um, or just follow the podcast on Spotify, Google, uh, Google Podcasting, or uh, Apple Podcasts, okay? That's great. I'll see you on the next one, guys. Thanks a lot.